Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Bridge Street Capital Partners is a Sydney-based corporate advisory firm that specializes in equity capital market transactions for small cap companies listed on the ASX, primarily in the mining, energy, and tech sectors. If you are a Section 708 sophisticated investor, and would like to be on Bridge Street's distribution list for their upcoming capital raises, please send them your details via an email to invest at bridgestreetcapital.com.au and mention the BIP show in your message. Now, on with the show. How are you now? Broadcasting from the VFS studios at Northbridge, Sydney. You are listening to the all-new BIP Show, Season 4, Episode 11, maybe 12. I don't know. Uh, Don't forget to hit subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And a reminder that all the financial information in this podcast is general in nature only. Speak to a professional advisor about your needs. Coincidentally, that is what I do. My name is James Whelan, Investment Manager at VFS Group, and I will be your host today. This episode is being recorded in Sydney at 940 AM on the 13th of May 2022 AD. Also, coincidentally, my birthday. So, happy birthday to me. Uh, I'm going to get this out of the way <laughs> nice and early. Didn't, didn't want to do it in the afternoon. It's going to be a few beers. I do apologize for the noise in the background. There is some building work that is actually going on nearby, which is not great for the for the recording of podcasts, but is fantastic for, I guess, the GDP. It shows that people are working, things are going, things are still ticking over. Um, however, the market, not so much ticking over, and, and I'm still in the in the mindset of not looking at the exact specifics day to day, you will do your head in looking at, at individual numbers. So I could give you a little a few tips on that one. Inflation seems to be maybe I do think it has peaked exactly where it is. I think it will come back to, to, to being somewhere that's maybe a little bit more so a little bit less nonsensical. It will still be high. Markets will respond to that. All portfolios across the board, good portfolios and bad portfolios don't look as good as they should. I think that I, considering mine, I've got a pretty robust portfolio um, that's, that's good, it's defensive, it has, it has, uh, you know, it has the quality, uh, it has value, it has commodities in it, and even that's getting beaten up as well. We're now in redemption season, as Chris Weston mentioned last week. So um, we're seeing liquidations and we're seeing fund flow coming out of the market, so even the good companies are getting dumped, which means that there is value out there and, and there is opportunities out there in this market too. There you go. That is my little run, my, my pre-spiel on that one. Stay the course. What I've noticed, I'm trying to stay away from the actual specifics of the market in an episode today. I uh, am joined here by Karim Nijem. I know I got that right. That's fantastic. Uh, Karim Nijem, CEO of ActivePort. Now, uh, he was recommended to me from a, from a colleague uh, who wanted, uh, I wanted to talk about tech pre-COVID, post-COVID. Uh, where where the cloud space has moved, where the tech space has moved, because it's easy for us to look at the, at the companies that, that, that are in it. We look at Google. I you know I'm, I'm I'm long and strong on Google. It's easy to look at Google and say yes, okay, we'll we'll you know uh, we'll take that. But I, I don't actually go into the nuts and bolts of what's actually underlying it. And 
that is uh, that's something that we need to get into today. Sorry, my mouse has actually just stopped working. This is fantastic. Whoever wanted to stop ticking over. Now, um, let's get into let's get right into it, Karen. First off, um, thank you for let, thank you for helping me take the mind off the exact markets on this one. Let's get into uh, the tech space. Uh, how are you now, Karen? Yeah, good, James. Good morning. Um, I have an, a, a slightly different apology to yours. You've got building work going on. Myself and my wife decided to take a bit of time out of Sydney. We're on our holidays. We're working, but I'm in rural South Australia, and um, there's a whole bunch of birds um, decided to start having a party in some of the trees outside. So to complement your sort of mechanical noises, you might hear some tweeting and chirping and things going on in the background here. Um, so my apologies for that. But, James, happy birthday. Um, Thank you. And well done. Um, as you said at your opening, it's um, just before 10 o'clock on a, a Friday morning. You've done well to get back into it just <laughs> early, and I hope you have a good day for the rest of the day. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Now, uh, the, the, the reason why I can record here so easily at home, and, and I am in my home, and not and not have to go into the office to do this or have to wait to see you in person, Karim, mm. is because of the incredible speed that happened. And it does feel like it, – it feels like a lifetime ago, but the move – for how quickly things became accessible online to be able to tap and go. For example, I'm using, to, to record this pro- podcast, I'm using a program called Ali2, um, which is which is fantastic. They charge you a set subscription, and I can record up to five people at a time, and all they need is a laptop and a microphone, and they just dial in, and they, and they can just do it. And then I can edit everything that was there. A little while ago, that wasn't anything that was even possible. And I would like to, to, to say just how phenomenal, when we are doing the, Karen, we did the, the, the Christmas podcast at the end of 2020, 2020 so the, the pandemic year, and people were talking about what, the, what, what they thought was the most phenomenal thing for mine. And mine was, and this is, I used to run a, a business continuity plan a thousand years ago. Um, so I know, I know about disaster recovery. I know mm-hmm. about being able to make sure that you've got good programs and good, and good features and good safety measures behind what it is that you do in running a business. And I was, I was astounded at how quickly... IT departments managed to get entire companies to be able to work remotely within the drop of a hat after being told for so long that it wasn't going to be possible to do that. Absolutely. What, what, what happened? What, yeah. what, what made it so possible at that particular time? The, the, well, there's a, a lot of ways that we can talk about that, but it's really interesting to look back, you know, probably three years, two years and there's two things that I'll say in there. I have been through a, um, a pre, oh, sort of a seed capital raise, a pre-IPO capital raise, an IPO capital raise, and I have never given a presentation in a boardroom or directly face-to-face with an investor. And I've now given somewhere between 130 and 140 presentations. That's phenomenal. Um, similarly, um, we, we've got a bunch of suppliers around the world we deal with and help some of our partners out. And there's one of our key suppliers um, is US-based. And I was absolutely certain the fellow I was talking to was in the US. And we were having a call one day on video. And I, I said to him, it's light outside. And he looked at me as if I was crazy. And I said, aren't you in North America? He said, I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> right. And so what this has meant is you can, the video is the first piece that, you can actually do business anywhere in the world, anytime um, by a video now, and, and everybody is doing it that way. It's facilitated by a few things. Um, internet speed, 
Mm-hmm. The qual- and that's the one of the main things. 5G, the, the world's internet speeds have increased over the course of the last 10 years, which makes this sort of thing possible. You know, running a video um, with 20 people on a call was impossible five years ago. And so now internet speeds make it possible. The other thing, and you talked about uh, the software you're using, it's cloud-based. Mm. It's it's software as a service. And one of the, the, the huge transitions that's been occurring over the last 10 years is companies saying, okay, I can have a big data center with lots and lots and lots and lots of servers running all of my software, but is there a better way to do it and can I use somebody else's capability to do that? And that's why Amazon and these people, Google and others, have been so hugely successful over the last 10 years with cloud services is because the compute is now somewhere else and available from the whole world. You're now no longer geographically sort of bound. Um, The last point on COVID is nothing moves technology and IT departments faster than a crisis. (laughs) Um, I've worked in IT and telecommunications now for over 25 years. It can take six months to run a project to deliver something simple or a week for IT and technology departments to move heaven and earth and they rally. And that's exactly what everyone saw. So let's get the technology to do exactly what we need it to do and make this all work. Um, but facilitated by speed on the internet, but particularly cloud and the availability of services anywhere, anytime. That's that's a that's a really good overview about the exact features behind it. Now, an investment that I had, and I was loud and proud on this. So I, I, I'll own I'll own the things that I get wrong. The metaverse was a big was a big investment of mine last. Geez, yeah, it was last year. <clears throat> And obviously, the, the 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 way the state of the market and the way that things are being revalued, the investing in in metaverse stocks not super amazing. But then I was thinking, maybe the, the best angle of doing it, and I'm going a little bit off off piece on this one, so stick with me, Karim. The yep. that di- digital infrastructure I saw as potentially being the place where you'd want to land your money and just and have it there because of the requirement. Like you said, internet speeds are up, but with everything going to the cloud and everything going virtual eventually, as they say that it's going to go virtual, whatever the hell the metaverse actually is hmm. and decides to be it at the time. Hopefully Facebook don't actually own it because it'll be awful. But the d- digital infrastructure, is, is, is there more of a demand for the actual box and dice stuff, like physical stuff that's behind that underlies this market? The what? what? Digital the... digital. Digital infrastructure. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I get what you. I get what yeah, you're getting. Yeah, at. yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of a couple of things to say there. Um, the sale of boxes and technology that support all of this is now heavily, heavily commoditized and heavily, heavily competitive. And so, what Intel and AMD, the, the chip manufacturers, and the uh, manufacturers like Dell and others are constantly trying to do is pack as much power. In, uh, compute power into as small a place as possible. And so that's what's happening is that um, the cost is being driven down and it's a technology race. It's a race for speed. And it's a race for making everything as small as possible so you can pack as much in. I um, 
and I, I don't feel in a position to say, hey, look, there, there's, there's something in there from a hardware perspective. However, what you don't care about and the vast majority of people on this listening to this podcast don't care about is how the technology actually works. What you do care about is what you do with it. The Go problem on. it solves for you um, and the advantages it provides. So from a consumer perspective, if you look at something like a smartphone, an iPhone, what's it doing for you? What it does is it provides you a way to um, check the weather, send an email, pay a bill, do your banking, all of those great apps, all in one place really easily. Mm. That's the service it provides you. That's the problem it's solving. So I believe that there is value in what the technology does, not the underlying technology itself. Okay. So, so you don't buy a phone because you want a phone. You buy a phone because you want to make a phone call or you want to check the weather, as I was saying. Yep. So when you talk about things like metaverses and virtual environments, um, one of the things that you learn as a technology executive over 25 years is just because you can um, do it doesn't mean somebody's interested in buying it. <laughs> right? That is and so, true. so you've got to be careful when people talk about metaverses and um, the virtual world, as long as it solves a problem for an individual or a business, it'll go great guns. If it is technology for technology's sake, everyone will shrug their shoulders and say, that's a really cool, bright, shiny thing. What the hell do I do with it? You can't force it. Yeah. And so it's about, it. it's about solving the problem. Technology is purely and simply about solving a problem for a customer. And every technology that's been successful, whether it's cloud or whether it's smartphones or whether it's Amazon, solves a problem. Well, let's, and, let's get, no, keep on going, keep on going. Keep no, 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 that's, and, and that's, um, that's where all technology success lives, is there was a problem to be solved. Either people knew they had it or they didn't. Someone said, this is absolutely brilliant. This makes my life better, improves my business, saves some money, improves the customer experience by doing X, Y, and Z. I want one. And that's at the heart of everything technological is from the time of making a phone call to the time of sending a text message to the time of Facebook, it solves a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we can make people money then. What's the next problem that needs to be solved? Making everything as simple as possible. Yep, so let's um, continue to do that sort of thing. Yeah, and so if we if we look over the last 10 or 15 years, um, and let me, let me use two examples of that. I've already talked about smartphones. Mm. Um, they're very cool. They're very pretty. They're very funky. They've got great cameras. But what do they do? I've already talked about that. You can do so, so much of your life on a smartphone. You can communicate with friends. You can do your banking. You can buy insurance. You can check the weather. You can talk to a friend of yours who's driving down an autobahn at 200 kilometers an hour just outside Berlin. You can do anything with them. They solve the problem. Similarly, if we go back, say, 10 or 15 years, and let's say, James, you were getting ready for a party for your birthday this afternoon, and or maybe you're, a week ago you did this to allow some delivery time, and you thought, look, I need to look pretty schmick. I'm going to get myself a new outfit. Mm -hmm. Now, 10 years ago, you would have driven to a Westfield 
and went and bought shoes and socks and a new pair of jeans and a really cool shirt and a really cool jacket and whatever you needed to look great. But you went from shop to shop. You went to the shops. You went from shop to shop. You looked around. You did what you needed to do, but you went to six or seven places in order to do it. With Amazon, you sit down at a screen and you go, right, what do I want? Well, I want those shoes and I want those jeans and I want that shirt and I want that jacket. Go, and depending upon where you are and depending upon its availability, this stuff can be with you in 36 hours and you didn't leave your seat. That is what's going to happen from a technology perspective for the next five to 10 years. It'll be made more and more simplified more and more automated so the user whether it's an individual want to buy a new outfit or talk to their facebook friends or a company that just wants to run their architecture firm they don't care about international connectivity they don't care about connecting to the cloud they want to use it so over the next five years you'll see more and more simplification and more and more software appearing to make your life easier, exactly like Alutu, exactly the way it's happened with smartphones, exactly the way it's happened with Amazon, but it'll happen in telecommunications to the point where you can build a network between Dallas and Sydney and Japan by sitting at one screen, clicking on some icons and hitting go, and you'll have a network in seconds. And that's what ActivePort does. Ah, okay. So now let's let's get straight into it. I've got a, there's a question that I have for every single person that comes and sits in front of me, myself as as an investment manager in in the job that I do. So if they're asking if they're asking for money, if they're doing a raise, it's often uh, followed up by a different question. But straight up, what do you do, and how do you make money? We do several things, all focused at making connectivity, whether it's across a city, across a country or across the world, simple. So whether it is helping companies build networks, helping companies um, integrate with the cloud, helping companies take complexity and cost out of managing their infrastructure, we're there, like the examples I gave before, to say, right, if you deal with ActivePort, if you use ActivePort software, you can use one screen to build networks, to build connectivity, to coordinate all your tech, and to integrate from the cloud by clicking on the items you need and making them hang together. Now, the way we make money out of doing that is we sell our software from a networking perspective. We sell SD-WAN software, which is a fancy name for software that manages and creates networks. Go on. So, so, the, so this is this is SDWAN, if yeah, anyone's software so SDWAN. defined wide area networking. What what is that? Yeah. So what the hell does that mean? So <laughs> if you go back, uh, and even now, if you want to build a net, you want to build a link. You want to open an office in Brisbane and open an office in Sydney. You can call one of the big telcos and explain to them what you want to do, and they'll take three or four weeks to go through their process, and then. If you're lucky, they'll deliver it on time. But I think we've all had an experience sometimes when the delivery from some of the big telcos isn't on time. Um, and so sometime in a period of weeks into the future, you'll get your special link. It'll cost a certain price whether you use it or not, and you'll connect two offices. Using software-defined networking, 
what you can do is use the internet and or some other you know specific services provided by a telco but you can use the internet and go right i want to connect from brisbane to sydney there are the two devices there are the two little boxes at either end go and when we do our demonstrations the same thing happens in every single demonstration we've done is that we show a map of australia and we click on brisbane and we click on sydney and we say we would like to use this provider for the connection and we'd like to add in some cloud and all of these sorts of things and we hit the go button and everyone we present to says that's all really nice you've just ordered it when does it actually happen and our answer is it just did so it takes seconds yeah and so software defined once you software define something once you're doing things in software it becomes so much more flexible and easy to build connectivity now People have been building networks in the world now for 30, 40 years. There is lots and lots and lots and lots of network. You don't need to build a whole lot more. You need to coordinate it the way you need it for your business. Our software helps you do that. It helps enterprises manage all of their tech, take out cost and build stuff end to end. But our biggest customers and where we're getting the most traction are telecommunication, telecommunications companies that want to do two things. They on-sell our capability, our networking capability. But what deal we've just completed doing into India is for a startup telecommunications company that is going to be using our software to coordinate all of their technology and all of their business and build stuff end-to-end -end for customers from day one. And so they're going to, yeah, sorry, oh, James. But, and, and, and that was acquisition, which one was that, did you say? So it's, an, it's, it's not an acquisition, well, it's a, a deal that um, we're uh, in the final 24 hours of getting the uh, signature on the deal from the CEO of the company Got in India. But it's a deal that's going to be worth in excess, we believe, in excess of a million dollars for active port. But what that company has seen is that they don't have to go to four or five different software vendors to build their technology environment. They can just use ours. Okay. And build everything end to end. Okay. Uh, that, I've, I've got to ask you because this this podcast, I've got to release it in about half an hour from now, Carrie. Is that, yeah. that's, not my, that's not market sensitive, is it? No, no, no. That's all right. That's um, what we're going to be um, announcing um, in some media into next week. Okay. But no, we're, we're, that's... Um, it's something that I've gone through in a couple of other calls, James. Thank you okay, for that. Okay, that's all right. That's but, all right. Um, Put, it, it's, uh, Put it out there and you're letting, you're letting market um, sensitive information. Yeah, that we are. We have uh, done the deal, has been mentioned on a couple of other uh, presentations. I've, uh, we're in the process of finishing the deals and it's a couple of other presentations I've done as well. That's okay. So that's fine, James. Thank you that's for asking. Right. That's, no, 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 no worries at all. Well, I mean, it's... Uh... You know, I don't, want, I don't want to ruin anyone's surprise uh, surprises mm. uh, that's out there. I'm looking at your numbers here. There's some phenomenal mm. numbers. Your revenues are up. Uh, what is it? Software revenue is 29.7% is of total yeah. revenue, which is up. So software, software revenue is becoming a bigger part of your business. Well, Year-to-date uh, revenue was a 52% increase from, from yeah, the first half of yeah. 2022 to Q3. Yeah, so what, um, what we've got running is um, we formed the business out of the core software company and out of um, a couple of a couple of acquisitions that were technical managed service providers. So they are the sort of companies that help companies integrate and build networks, et cetera, but in traditional ways. So we've got a, a services business which continues to trundle along 
at better than industry increases um, from a revenue perspective. Yep. We did that so we had a business to run with whilst we were finalising the work we needed to in sales on our software. And so the software that what I personally have been promising the market since we did our uh, IPO raise, since we did our listing last October, is the software revenue, the high margin monthly reoccurring software revenue is going to turn on. And so what we're able to demonstrate in Q3 is it has turned on. And so we've now got a set of customers um, in the pipeline delivered generating revenue. And we've gone from you know single digit percentage by quarter of software revenue to, as you said, nearly 30. Mm. So that's the strategy for the company playing out. That's the the we want it, we are a software company, we're all about software, we're all about connectivity. Now the software revenue kicks in. The number of customers coming down the pipeline has increased. The number of customers we're turning on has increased. The number of telcos globally we're dealing with has increased. And so it's it's sort of the pivot moment where the promise became reality, which is the, the, it's really, really exciting for me. That, um, yeah, I, it, it, it does. I'm looking at some research. Some, some research has been provided to me as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just it's 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 strong growth. It's, it's what seventy. Yeah. I'm looking at one from February. The sales growth seventy four percent growth in the yep. quarter. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And so we had as a, we had some great growth um, from the services business, but the software piece is the piece that's at the heart of what we do. Yep. Um, and it's the it's deals like the one I was talking about earlier that, as I said, we hope will turn uh, will, will be a larger than million dollar deal. Um, over the course of the next couple of years. We have signed um, deals with companies like Radianark for over $8 million over the course of the contract to do this simplification in software for their really, really complicated gaming platform. And that's being rolled out in uh, our pipeline is 36 telecommunications companies where they're rolling out that software, I'm sorry, rolling out that platform built out of our software. So it started and it's the proof point that A, the world wants what we're providing, which is that simplicity. But secondly, the software works in a way where companies are going, heck, we need to get involved with these guys. They can take costs out. They can make it more simple, but ultimately make it more simple for our customers. Um, just because we do everything from that one single pane of glass and take all of that complexity away from some of the really complicated technology. Okay. that's So do you have a specific example? I know this is sort of finicky, but, like, what's what's a real-time – so did you say Radianark was the, uh, was yeah. the, uh, was the deal? It's a, it's a, yeah, a deal we've done. So if I take a, a big step back, I'll talk about Radianark a little bit, but if I take a big step back, one of the key things with ActivePort and the thing that attracted me to the company, uh, I was asked to join the board. I asked to see the software. I saw the software and I immediately asked for a role operationally and was invited to do the CEO role. Which, um, but it is really pure in its design and the software that is there to coordinate technology. 
Now, you can coordinate networks, you can coordinate lots of systems, you can coordinate cloud. In the case of Radiant Arc, what we were asked to do was to create a platform and for our software to connect the telecommunications company, gamers, with game providers, with security op uh, options, all on a, a, a very, very fast, fast technology platform and make the whole thing turnkey for Radiant Arc's customers. And so in that example, what our software does is take away all of that complexity from all of the bits that deliver cloud gaming and make it super simple to use. And so that's that's the deal we've struck, as I mentioned, with Radiant Arc, which will be in excess of $8 million over the course of the next five years. As, as you were talking, I was midway through this research report just talking about um, profitability and when I'm looking at EBIT, EBIT and you're turning profitable according here 24, June 24, so in, in, in two years' time. So there's a part yeah. of profitability, which is great. Yeah, absolutely, or, or hopefully earlier. Yeah. Um, the, the, you, the, the results we announced in Q3 also showed a large jump in uh, profitability because the mix moved from services predominantly to being 30% you know, really high margin software. Software, yep. Yeah, so that, that's that, um, that swing's occurring as well, and that's what we've planned all along. So profitability um, by then or even earlier. Um, the the One of the things with telecommunications companies, and if we talk about, again, the Indian opportunity, is that in India there are 1.12 billion subscribers to telecommunications services. Mm. Um, when you get traction in any market, and Australia is actually a very small telecommunications market, which is why we're focused a, a lot in our overseas work. Traction in those markets, things grow very, very quickly. So we're hoping indeed it'll be a bit earlier than that, but driven by the software, driven by the high margin software. Yeah. So any other growth areas that you want us to talk about, Karen? Yeah, very quickly. The, um, the two areas globally that are growing for enterprises um, are use of cloud and software-defined network. They're, okay. so they're use of cloud? Is that the private, private cloud? Sorry, um, using cloud, using oh. cloud for all of their services. Um, so we've focused in on software-defined networking, which is growing at over 70% annually, and the cloud piece, which is growing at you know well over 50% CAGR, and I think will increase. I, I don't know that for sure, but I think it will increase. So our software can help you coordinate your networks. It can coordinate, help you coordinate public cloud, things like AWS and Google, but also things like private cloud. And, and private and public cloud tends to confuse people. Um, the cloud is a really great bunch of servers sitting in a data center. So you can have an enormous bunch of servers sitting in somebody else's data center, or you can have an enormous bunch of servers sitting in yours. The big difference from a cloud perspective is there's lots of software in there automating. Our software can come along and coordinate what you do with Amazon, with your services internally, with your networking internally, and hang the whole thing together for you in a solution. So cloud will be continue to grow quickly. Software-defined networking will continue to grow quickly. But the goal of the industry holistically at the moment is make it all simple to use, and we're at the heart of that. Okay. Well, uh, 
uh, Karen, with nothing else, well, there's a thousand other things to talk about, but we just don't have the time to get through it today. I know that we've got something to get to, and I've uh, I've got a few things that I need to take care of as well. But uh, as long as you're happy to go, I'm also happy to go as well. So wrapping it up there, thank you for joining us, Karen. Thank you, James, and I hope you have a great afternoon. Oh, it's uh, it's going to be a great one, mate. Uh, I wish the weather was better, but uh, it's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about what's next in tech, what's next in the cloud, what's moving, um, SD-WAN, and also about ActivePort, ATV, the stock code. Uh, I don't think the share price is representing where the company should go, and that's not advice, but based on based on what you've talked about the industry, I think that probably there there could be a little bit more buying in this stock that, uh, that I can see. So um, I'm going to have a really good dig around on this one myself too. So thank you, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, and talking to us. Uh, and have a great James. Have, thank you. No problem. Have a great weekend. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show, rate us, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on iTunes at The Bip Show or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter uh, at the underscore Bip underscore show, and we're on Facebook too. For some reason, I don't really know yet exactly why we are. But I've got a website. Check it out, Google Wheel and Capital, all of the links to everything that we talk about here. I'm going to put some of these research reports up there if you want to know more, a little bit more about ATV, um, and I suggest you should. Um, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, I'm on Twitter at JamesWheelan42. Karim, I don't know if you're on Twitter. No? Yes, uh, uh, not often, but I'm, um, I'm best on LinkedIn and I'm best directly. So um, my, my email address is all over the place. If anyone wants to talk to me directly, they're more than uh, more than fine to come to me directly anytime. Not a not a problem at all. I always encourage people, investors, colleagues, clients, anything like that. That, that they they often are puzzled about how they get more information from the company. I said, if you try picking up the phone and actually talking to the people at the company, they love to talk. Yeah. They love to tell the story. There um, is lots of ways to get to me via our website, um, and uh, all of our information has my email addresses on it. I um, enjoy nothing more than this and talking about it so please anyone who has any questions get in contact with me more than happy to answer any questions you have by email or on call fantastic that's uh, that's great and good to actually have people like in on the coal face knowing more about tech and things like that very much in line with what the bib show is all about in this new season so thanks very much that's it the show is produced by drunk monkeys uh, working in their underpants and we will catch you next time have a good one